0: Welcome back, Maple Leafs, to a Northern Exposure episode of the All Left Podcast. We have with us a special guest today. We actually were the special guests on the Agree to Disagree podcast um, with uh, the host Luigi, and um, he had us on to talk about uh, politics, basically, of the um, between uh, you know the, the land of freedom fries and the land of uh, socialist No so we talked about it we talked about masks we talked about social contract we talked about covid we talked about truckers uh and we talked a whole lot about maple fucking syrup and it was delicious and delightful so i hope you enjoy it
1: That's it. Right. yeah and spoiler alert we absolutely ended up agreeing to disagree yeah uh
0: the pod i would say the agree to disagree podcast 100 percent lives up to its name uh, i agree <laughs> well i disagree and, uh, so let's agree to that and luigi if you're listening to this go stars
2: Welcome, everybody, to episode 53 of the Agree to Disagree podcast show where we discuss current events, politics, pop culture, and social issues. This episode is brought to you by our main sponsor, CigarNights.com, where all you cigar aficionados can get all your cigar accessories. And Audible.com. Audible is a leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks, ranging from bestsellers to celebrity memoirs, news, business, and self-development. Sign up now for your free 30-day trial and free ebook clicking on the link in the show notes at audibletrial.com/agree to disagree show my guests this evening guys uh, are the co-host of the alt left podcast so let me read a little bit uh, their their description on their show on their youtube page which which i actually loved so this is you know when i read this this description of their show is one of the reasons why i wanted to have them on on my podcast tonight so american politics is a lot like a war When you have two opposing sides, pitfalls and dangers are everywhere in between. Can you really be sure you're on the right side? Join with us, three privileged Mm -hmm. dudes with opinions, and we'll navigate this treacherous landscape together and try to keep on the right side of history. Guys, give a warm welcome, a big warm, even though it's freezing in Canada. Canadian welcome to Matt, Chris, and Kay. Let me bring them on to the screen here. What is up, gentlemen?
1: Uh, thank you for having us. Thank you very much.
2: Yeah,
3: it's good to be here. Thanks, man.
2: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Um, it, I, I, what I wanted to do tonight is uh, why I wanted to have you guys. We we didn't have much time to to talk off off uh, off air. Is try to make sense of all the madness of what's going on in the world, and I think you guys are pretty fair by trying to hear or try to make sense of both sides of the story, both sides of the spectrum, and. I wanted to get the point of view of some Americans and and try to make a correlation, maybe between American politics and Canadian politics and what whatever is going on in this mess that's going on right now in in, in the world. So I want to start off with, first of all, say thank you to the three of you for being on the show tonight. Um, it's 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 great. You guys are out on the West Coast there, nice and warm while we're freezing our asses off here in, in Montreal. But um, why did you guys decide to do this podcast? Let's start it off with that
3: uh it was actually matt's idea um uh we were the three of us basically would sit and hang out all the time the three of us are actually very good friends uh Mm -hmm. before this podcast happened and we would sit around matt's place or Kay's place and we would end up this is a personal flaw of mine that there is no conversation that goes on five minutes until it delves into either history or politics um and, and that's just where it always goes. I mean, so the mm-hmm. three of us would sit around and have you know conversations and arguments, and or we'd all agree, but we'd have these, you know, three-hour-long conversations. And Matt was like, look, we're three white guys with opinions. Like, we should have a podcast. <laughs> and I think our ridiculous conversations would be something that a few people might actually dig. And I was like, I don't know. Like, there's there's the, the world is literally full of three middle-aged white dudes doing a podcast that is just that's the thing you know our grandparents joined the masons and built model trains you know our parents developed drug addictions and treated us horribly and we make podcasts that's what our generation does you know so i thought it was lame
4: the only thing that you're missing is the beard to be quite honest
3: Yeah, Luigi, you need saying. a beard, buddy.
2: Yeah. Uh, guys, I wish I could draw, Oh, Actually, I just shaved, but I wish I could <laughs> grow a nice one. I can't. This is the reason why I have to constantly shave because it, it, it's not a good look, guys. It's, it's not a good look. It really is not a good look. It's not a good look. Um, uh,
3: but yeah, we, we we ended up just doing it like okay, so we bought a couple of microphones and just started doing it, and a handful of episodes later, we just fell in love with doing it. Um, it's, it's kind of a buddy activity. It's a lot of fun. It's, it's been a great way to hang out with our friends during COVID. Um, because you know, this is a trash country, no one wears a mask here, so it's never going to die in America. <laughs> and, um, it's a lot of fun. We get a lot of shit off our chests, and we get to talk about the things we actually want to talk about. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And also like,
1: I think, so there's something else to point out too, is we're leftist, right? But most people don't understand there's a, a difference between a leftist and a liberal. And we talk about this a lot on our podcast, but like, um, I, I think Kay among us, he's going further left, but he'd be the closest to a liberal, but he's, he's more like, I don't know, where do you sit now? K. I'm not even sure at this point, you know, we've been I, dragging you further left every yeah, day. Kay, Kay, Kay's yeah.
3: achieved like squad level of progressive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Are, yeah. Kay,
2: are you out on left field? Like are you in that in the stands on third base side on the third base side or how far left are you?
4: Oh, I am not nearly as left as Chris or Matt. Every (laughs) week, I swear, though, I'm inching my way further (laughs) and further and further away from the right and the center. And it it really just goes to show that once you start really thinking about a lot of these ideas, uh, that you kind of start to understand what we have in this country, what the rest of the world has and wonder why don't we have this same thing
1: yeah
3: okay yeah and i mean well, k's a little too far left for my sake but you know
1: yeah right yeah. card Crystal, carrying yeah. kami
3: over here <laughs> so if uh first of all, no cards but uh yeah if k, <laughs> if k is quebec and matt is vancouver i'm japan
2: <laughs> here's the thing guys okay Why I wanted to have you on because a lot of my followers and friends have told me, Lou, you need to have a little bit of diversity on your show and talk about certain political issues. And this is the real reason why I want to have you guys on the show. And I'm going to be completely honest with you. Okay. Your guys are talking, like I said, we did not have any time to speak off air. So everything is live. Everything is being left out on the table tonight. I am a, what I thought at a younger age was the leftist um, liberal here. And you know, the. Later on, maybe I'd like to talk about the difference between liberalism and conservatism compared to Canadian and, and and US. But let me let me put it this way. What 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 I find myself, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm completely lost. I I I don't know where I belong, and I don't think I'm alone here. I don't think I belong on the right. I don't think I belong in the left. I don't even think I belong in the middle. i I think I'm just a mishmash of beliefs whatever comes. And, and I'm almost like, I look at myself, I'm like, Luigi, what the hell's wrong with you, man? The fuck you can't figure out what you believe in. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not having you guys on the show tonight to try to help me figure this out, but I'm just trying to do the shows to see that all those people that feel lost out there, number one. And number two, that people that have various viewpoints could sit down in this case on StreamYard and have a civil conversation.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think there's a really fun thought experiment we could do with that one. Because first of all, like not adhering to a specific doctrine is a good thing. First of all,
1: Um, allows you to be more objective for all of them. So, yeah,
3: I mean, it's something it's funny because, you know, as as, you know, I am a communist and fellow communists will ask me, like, well, what are you? Are you a Marxist? Are you a Leninist? Are you a Trotskyist? Mm -hmm. And it's like, well, first of all, I don't adhere to a single communist doctrine. And that already pisses a lot of people off. Um the one i do think is the best is thomas sankara which nobody knows about but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day it's like i think if you if you lock yourself too much into a dogmatic specific opinion that's not free thought that's a religion um so i think luigi if you're if your views are all over the place that means you're someone who is willing to find their personal truth whether or not people will disagree with it or not, that's up to them. But if you're willing to find out things you believe in that you think are universally true for yourself in your political spectrum and you hold to them regardless of what your political party or your peers might think, that's that's a sign of intelligence. That's independence. That's a good thing.
2: But here, so here's the thing. What if, for example, in the States or even in Canada, that there is no party that I can relate to anymore? Same. That, that, that-
3: Yeah, same in the U.S. I don't have a party that I can relate to here. Exactly
2: (laughs) right, especially you guys. You're technically a two-party system. I mean, we're yeah. yeah, I mean, for all intents and purposes, we got four on the national level. We got five, six, Green Party, whatever, marijuana party. But for all intents and purposes, we got two. We got the Liberals and we got the Conservatives. The NDP never has a chance. The Black Quebecois never has a chance. Don't get me started on that because I'm gonna start flipping tables. Um, (laughs) You know, and I'm a Quebecois. All right. So so yeah. Um, So so. So what happens when, right? So if if you want, if I want to have my say in things, when I basically, I go vote just because I, okay, let me have my vote. I got to participate in this democracy, but really nothing, none of them really deserve my vote or I don't feel like I belong anywhere. So am I really contributing to the system guys?
3: Yeah. And, and that's a good question to ask. And I got to tell you, I I feel the same way is not having a party I care about. And again, the liberal party in the United States is not truly even a liberal party. At you all. know, In They're Canada, you, have a, you have a liberal party, you have a conservative party. In the United States, we have a conservative party and a fascist party. Um, and so it really doesn't fit anything uh, as far as we're concerned. But First of all, you can vote, you can you can acknowledge the system is rigged and screwed, and that it's a binary, stupid decision between choices you don't like, and also simultaneously recognize that voting can still serve good. It can still help people who need it, it can still help systems that need repair, because again you're not just voting for a leader. You're voting for ballot measures and the way things are getting funded. Your voice can still matter. And when it comes to major politicians like the US election, for instance, right? I did not vote for Joe Biden. Joe Biden is a terrible, awful conservative. That doesn't mean I support Trump. I didn't vote for him either. I voted for a tiny third party candidate. Now, do I recognize that my vote didn't actually push anyone into power? Of course. But I also recognize that my lack of a voice can be heard. And that can mean something that the Democrats don't get my voice just because they're not the fascists.
2: Well said. Well said. Sort of like the. Sorry, you want to say something? No, I was no, just,
1: yeah, no. co signing. That's all.
2: Uh, sort of like, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine actually today, and it's like, it, it's almost as we feel here in Canada, like the lesser of two evils. I hate that I mm-hmm. have to have. That as an option, what does it say to us? And you know what I'm afraid of guys? And and I'd love to feel that sentiment because I see everything is, and I, and I follow us politics, not as much as I do Canadian politics, but I do because I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm aware of what's going on. Um, do you feel, and this is what I'm afraid of is that people are losing faith in democracy in, in their voices being heard and feeling alienated, feeling left out and where that could potentially lead to.
3: Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are, and for good reason. Um, we're losing faith in the, the, the you know, in, in the bus driver because he's asleep at the wheel. Uh, we have a political system that does not care about us at this point. You know, and I think both the Canada and the U.S. are on not the same. But similar trajectories on this matter when it comes to the government growing and no longer caring about popular opinion. and I think that's a worldwide issue. I don't think it's a Canadian issue, an American issue that's happening everywhere. Um, as global as the globalization increases in capitalism, we have governments that become multinational and they stop caring about their citizenry. And I think, not supporting something that does not serve you is first of all, it's the essence of freedom and democracy, because to say like, I mean, again, on the record, to be honest, I'm actually not the biggest fan of democracy, but if we're going to say democracy is great and freedom is perfect, then we have to recognize the ability to throw off a government that no longer serves us. I mean that's what that's what the Canadians did. I mean the Canadians left the, the 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 British Empire for that reason. So did the Americans. I mean the idea that this government doesn't serve me and I'm going to build one that does is how western democracy works.
2: We've swayed so far from those days. Yeah, <laughs> so we have, big, yeah, big time. Yeah, we have you we, you have no idea and, and I'm talking for Canada right now. I mean right now if at this point, I feel like if the government official tells us jump off a bridge and I don't know, 95% of the population is going could say which bridge that's, you know, I mean, not, not to say that. I don't know if you guys know what's going on right now with this convoy for freedom. Have you heard about this?
4: No, I have not. I, I have heard about this.
2: Okay. So uh, l- l- this is basically a movement that started with the truckers when our prime minister um, tried to pass a vaccine mandate for truck drivers passing the border. Okay. Within Canadian drivers going into uh, the States coming back, had to do a quarantine, had to be vaccinated, so on and so forth. I don't know where this started. This, this uh, freedom convoy, it started out West and now everyone, all these apparently is about uh, 50 000 to 75,000 trucks that are all descending into Ottawa where our parliament is. And, uh, Roughly estimates are it's about, I don't know how many hundred kilometers long, this convoy with over 500,000 people that are descending on the national uh, capital uh, and demanding the end of mandates and masks and everything. And as a Canadian, where we are traditionally a very peaceful country, as you guys know, um, as long long as you're white, oh, for sure, Uh, (laughs) for sure. Uh, The only one that
3: beats you on worst crimes against indigenous people is us.
2: Oh no! Yeah, we we we, yeah. You guys, listen. (laughs) We could take the that's that's another story. I think we would have to have to have you guys back on that for uh, just for another (laughs) entirely our treatment of our indigenous. But that's another story. Like I said, but I've never seen anything like this. Never. And uh, I just think people are completely tired, fed up, and and. I wanted to ask you guys, why has this this COVID become so political? And why is it – it's insane. I don't know about you guys. It's so polarizing. I've never seen this. I'm 46. I've never seen anything like this in my lifetime. Never.
1: Well, I mean, I think in a lot of ways you've seen um... (laughs) – I mean, this isn't just a single thing that happened overnight. This has been happening for a long time. Now, I think you can point your finger at, at various institutions, but in general, I think Western nations are, are have a growing distrust of science and and uh, experts. In the U.S., that's a big thing. We we we've shifted so hard that anybody that's considered an expert is immediately labeled as elitist and not worthy of trust. Um, so you've got that. There's no faith in, in, in there was no faith in our political system. Now there's no faith in our scientific system either. Um, But we also have politicians that have rushed to politicize this issue. I mean, that's the thing. It's like it stopped being about public health and started being about my freedoms, you know. And and again, I I can't speak to Canada, but here in the U.S., that's always been a problem, you know. Um, The 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 right in general. And again, I'm not going to be here and and try to demon. I mean, I will try to demonize the right because I think they're awful. But I'm not saying the left is perfect either. But here's the thing: the right wins because they are able to stoke the fires of fear. And hatred, and they do that by political. I mean, look at right. Just recently, we've got Tucker Carlson on Fox News ranting that he can't fap to cartoon M and M's anymore because one of them doesn't have high heels. (laughs) Like that's what he's raging about. And and again, they're they're trying to twist that into a larger discussion about woke culture gone too far. But like that's the basis of what his argument is: is I can't fap to this green M and M anymore because they gave her shoes instead of heels. (laughs) And the right just eats it up. And so, you know, the moment that. Right wing politicians get even an inkling of their base saying that they don't trust this vaccine. They'll jump on it and say, well, if you don't want to have the vaccine, you shouldn't have to have the vaccine. And it's your right to deny the vaccine. And what you've got then is a situation where everybody who lacks empathy, and there's a lot of them, have (sighs) made this about them. You know, when mm-hmm. there's overwhelming evidence that this is safe, effective, and it works, but we can't get it to work because there's 30% to 40% of this country that doesn't want to do it, you know, and when you're, and that's how these issues become politicized. It's, it's really what it is, Is politicians, it's one of the things they're good at is they find out what their base is angry about. And just keep stoking that furnace.
3: Well, and I also think there's another piece to this as well because if you remember, in the Spanish flu, well, not if you remember, but anyone was read about this. <laughs> if, if you remember, it, then I, mean, yeah, I, was was there, I was there. I was there. But the Spanish flu, you know, 100 years ago, killed a shit ton of people. It was actually more deadly per case than COVID is, um, and. The United States had anti-mask leagues. I don't know where Canada stood on it, but we had the same issue here. And I don't think it's that people are more individualistic than they were 100 years ago. I still think probably the numbers basically are about the same of who's a garbage person with zero empathy and who's not. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think... It, you, there's, so there's this theory called the monkey sphere is what it's commonly known as. I don't know what the actual like psychological theories called, but they were called the monkey spheres. Primates have, uh, depending on their intelligence and species, a certain amount of others they can consider valid, alive, having mm-hmm. feelings, having needs. Right. There is, you know, the, this monkey can have 17 other beings that it can think about when they're not in front of them and they will care about their well-being and that kind of thing. And humans have, you know, it's, it's over 100. But there's only so many people you can actually consider human beings when they're not sitting in front of you. Um, And there's a limit to that. And that's kind of one of the problems with a populated world. And it used to be that if you were a jackass in your town or your village or your community and you did something super shitty, they would beat you to death and the problem was solved. And fear of that kept you in line. And that's where that social contract comes in. But what these people have is I'm the asshole and I don't want to wear a mask. And so rather than, well, is this the majority opinion in my community? You can go online. Now there's an online community where you can find a million voices and that becomes your community. Those become the others. That becomes the narrative that you see as a reality. This is where echo chambers come in and it's never been like that before. used to be your belief systems almost were backed up by your community regionally. Now they're online Everything's international. You can find, there's fucking flat earthers who find communities. They're an insane minority. No one, it, people that believe the earth is flat is, is you know, the same numbers lottery winners, but they find this community online and they all start getting into this echo chamber and this repeat cycle. And they believe it. I think that's part of the problem is you had this tiny minority who summer quacks and whack jobs who don't think science is real. They'll go ahead and hop on their satellite connected pocket computer and tell people that science isn't real. And you also have people who are like, I don't care if your grandma dies. I don't want to smell my own breath. Fuck you. And those two people combined found others like them online. And that has allowed that community to grow. Like, not only do, does it validate their opinion, but I think it helps bring others into that fold because now there's not well, the town constable is going to beat the shit out of me if I kill his grandma. Now it's I can go online to freedom.eagle and talk about how the moon isn't real and how masks are stupid.
2: Yeah. It, 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 it's funny that you say that, Chris, because, you know, one of my favorite comedians, Sebastian Maniscalco, says in one of his stand up routines, says, You know, now every single guy that or every single person that has access to the Internet, sitting in their basement, wearing a wife beater, eating, living in their parents' basement and and finding, oh, today I want to wear diapers. Let me go find a group that does this and let's going to go do it with Sally and Pep and Frank on a Thursday night and go down to the rec room and dress up like little baby diapers and like little kids. So this is, you see, so so the, the problem here I see is is. How far is this going to go? Because, like I said, just to go back to 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 circle back to what I was saying before is, at what point does it become dangerous? Because, like I said, I've never seen guys correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, the United States as polarized as oh, yeah. as as right now. I've yeah. never seen Canada this polarized ever before. A lot has to do with our Prime Minister. And let me give you another example, guys, just in case you don't know. Our Prime Minister, Liberal Prime Minister, okay, calls this convoy heading to Ottawa uh, a fringe minority with unacceptable views, um, potentially terrorists with dangerous views, and any anti-vaxxer, doesn't matter how you feel about it, says this on a national televised show that the majority of these anti-vaxxers are fringe Misogynists and racists. Now, going back to what you were saying before, again, how dangerous does this become when a politician, lo and behold, the, the leader of your country is saying this, and they're they're, they're experts at divisive politics. So, how, sorry, go ahead.
3: I was just going to say that. I mean, here's the thing: is if you want to talk about who's more dangerous, Justin Trudeau isn't out there spreading germs on doorknobs with this rhetoric. You have truckers who are gathering in mass for the sole purpose of refusing to use safety equipment. This is – would you – so? what if they wanted to take the brakes off their trucks? At that point, would it be dangerous enough? I mean, because that's the line we need to draw is yeah. it's not Trudeau saying they're terrorists because I hate to break it to you. That's exactly what they are because what is terrorism? Terrorism is using violence or the threat of violence – to accomplish a fringe political goal. And that's exactly what they are doing. They are gathering in mass in their giant trucks for mm-hmm. the sole purpose of intimidating and forcing. Now, that doesn't even bother me. It's kind of like people talk about the January 6th you know, riot here in the United States. Mm-hmm. It doesn't piss me off that people stormed the Capitol. It pisses me off that people stormed the Capitol to install a dictator. If they were storming the Capitol to give everyone health care, I'd be into it. But So it's like, I think there's a time and a place for this stuff, but to, to say who's dangerous here, it's not Trudeau. Maybe well, maybe it's a little exaggerated, but I'm sorry. Are, is this too much of a stretch to say I, these guys are committing kind of an act of domestic terrorism here, I, or at I least it it's has, approaching that? I
4: think it has a lot to do with what the end goal is. Like, when you do something political, what is the end goal of what you're trying to accomplish? In this case, what they're trying to accomplish is... They don't want to wear masks because they don't believe in them. They don't want to take a vaccine that could potentially save people's lives. They, hey,
2: can I just just yeah. just I want to put something into context? Sorry, I should have said sure. this before, guys. The vast majority of these truckers are double vaccinated, and as a country, we are ninety percent vaccinated.
4: Absolutely, that is not the point. Okay. What I'm saying is, is that it's it's the hyper individualistic
3: view of these people that is dangerous and even if you're 90 this is for people coming over the border isn't it so this thing means an unvaccinated redneck three teeth disease-carrying americans can come in now and spread it to vulnerable canadians people who have compromised immune system the elderly people who have massive amounts of comorbidities who can't even get vaccinated let alone how omicron is now cruising through the vaccine yeah so there is so, harm here so so it's it's
4: to me it's it's literally about what's the end goal you know it's about well, that's when it becomes dangerous when your end goal is not just
2: it start it started off guys here it started off as this okay you know not mandating the the truck drivers but then it, it became more now it's become more and there's there's they're gonna arrive in ottawa apparently saturday morning and over the weekend just as of a Let's enough with the mandates, enough with the, the the measures, because we've done everything you've wanted us to do. We're over ninety percent, one of the highest vaxed countries in mm-hmm. the world.
3: Yeah, you guys are up there uh, with almost Israel.
2: Yes, absolutely. Um, so, my question to you guys, without even uh, listen, I know we're all burnt. I listened to your your podcast when you when you guys talked about COVID. Guys, we're. I know we're all tired, but we're really fucking tired, man.
4: Yeah, like, everybody's I, I, tired.
2: But, I know, but I want. When does, I mean, when is enough you guys, enough? You guys are extreme. I mean, you. I know most of your states are open, and I look at your hockey leagues. I'm a big hockey fan. I look at the arenas, and I'm watching. I'm a big Bruins fan. Yes, I'm from Montreal. I'm a Bruins fan. So I, I, I see uh, the Bruins playing Montreal in Boston. It's a full house. They come here in Montreal. There's nobody allowed in the thing. I, it just nothing makes sense to me, guys. Yeah, when and- is
3: And we're dying in record
4: numbers. So so when is enough enough? Is that the question you're asking? Because in my eyes, when enough is enough is when people stop dying. I am okay with wearing a mask as long as people are dying. I am okay with getting as many boosters or shots as necessary, staying in my home and not going out to bars and doing risky things, having risky behavior until people stop dying. And the the thing is, is that as long as you're going to continue to go out and do those things, you are engaging in risky behavior. You are doing something that is against your own well-being. So when is enough enough?
3: I don't know. For me, it still isn't enough. Yeah. And again, what if we take something that's completely harmless and legal, right? It's legal to wear a purple hat in Canada, right? Yeah. Okay. We're all purple hats you want. People wear purple hats. Nothing bad happens. Well, Tomorrow, something changes in the universe, and whenever someone straps on a purple hat, their likelihood of horribly murdering someone goes up. And at a certain point, after millions have died, the government says, you know what? Until this changes, no more fucking purple hats. And a whole bunch of truckers start fucking crying like children because they can't wear their special purple hats. It's like, well, your purple hat is fucking killing people. And that's the problem. So it's like, yeah, I agree with you. We need to be careful about draconian measures that do infringe on our freedoms. That is a fair point. But, you know, the old saying goes, your freedom to swing your arm stops at my face. And as soon as your freedom impacts the lives, health, and mortality of others, you don't have that freedom. It's legal to go shooting here in the United States. I take my gun, I go to a shooting range. Mm -hmm. It's not legal to do that in a church or in a school, or in the street, because I will kill someone. And that's the difference. We accept regulations for massive public safety that kills people. I mean, again, these truckers have to have their air brakes checked. These truckers have to have pre-trips done on their vehicles. They have to have insurance. They have to have inspections. So we've already said that your freedom to travel can be compromised for public safety. Why is this different?
2: I, I, I agree with you on that. The thing is, is that at what point also here's the thing I'm going to come at it as a different angle. Okay. Um, I've seen, and, and I'm talking on a personal level and speaking to people and just the general mental health, um, failed businesses, depression, suicides. At what point does these measures and the effects of them override after two years into this i mean how i I see the damage this is doing first of all to an entire generation of our children i got any of you have kids no okay matt does all right so i got two kids and my kids thankfully are doing pretty okay but i've seen how it's affected them and i have other other examples of kids that are falling behind developmentally because of masks because of online learning and they said that the the increase of uh, in the younger children having to wear masks at school all day has increased 300% the the chances of developmental issues in terms of speech therapy and and, and all that. So my question is here is, and and it's been proven by the way, that it's not harmful at all to children here at all. This in terms of any of the variants of COVID. So all of this put together, the damage that's been, and it's, is it really going to be, you know, tally the really, really look at these numbers, how much damage is being created by this well, and let, can't we have, can't we have like a middle ground?
3: Well, let's ask two things. First of all uh, is, is cause we have something that's subjective, right? The, the emotional damage to children. That's something we can talk about that, that There's nuance there, but let's talk about fact. No, it, it is quite showing that the Omicron is still far safer for children than adults but it is still putting kids in the hospital. And the, hate to break it to you, even if you recover from COVID, your oxygen levels deplete that people are having brain damage. It can be slight, but there are going to be long-term effects of this that we don't quite know yet. And so to say that it's not dangerous at all to children is just factually incorrect. It's far less dangerous to children. Mm -hmm. That's something we can talk about. But there still is a danger to children. We have kids in the hospital all over this country. But... in terms of the nuance of how much is this going to damage our children well how much is it going to damage them when their parents die i mean you want to talk about a kid having emotional damage because they didn't go to fucking prom what happens when they're an orphan is that less damaging
2: well maybe i mean look I, if i look at the numbers if i compare them here in canada our mortality rate at anybody that's been infected is very 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 low chris
3: yeah because I mean, you have a population that believes in science and medicine
2: well yeah, we have. The thing is as though he, here here it is what it is and like we're 90% and we're still we've been one I mean Quebec has had curfews guys. We've been fucking curfewed. Do you, let me I'd rather have a needle shove up my dick than have to go through a curfew again. Guys, it's 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 insanity what's going on Lockdowns, people losing their businesses. I mean, and we're 90%. I mean, th- this is what I know here, especially in Quebec, it's, it's a very uh, controlled society, but this is what happens when politicians lose their fucking shit or just feel the need that they need to do something. And it's, I don't know at what point it's going to get to this boiling point, but. So I, guess
3: I, I couldn't disagree with you more because what you're talking about, when you say there's this 90% vaccination rate and this low death rate, you're, you're correct. Right. And that's great. But what you're basically saying is, I am tired of doctors prescribing antibiotics, because now no one dies of infection. Well, yeah, you've been taking antibiotics. And so because you have all these amazing safety measures, Mm-hmm. You guys have a crazy high vaccination, right? You have a really good mortality, right? Like Canada has fared very well. You're not the, again, is, countries like Israel and South Korea, they got like topping mm-hmm. the list, like Finland and stuff. But a country the size of Canada, because remember, the countries that are doing really good are also tiny countries. Canada is our yes. state country with a shit ton of people. So for a country of your size and diversity to be doing this good is amazing. But you're literally complaining about the things that have given you those numbers. Because when you take those safety wheels off, you become America. And do you really want what we have? Because let me tell you, we have refrigerator trucks in our hospitals because everyone's dying. We don't even have, in most, in most metropolises, they're not even separating the COVID and non-COVID wars because everyone's dying in the hallways. It's like a war here. And that's the difference. It's like, yeah, I get you. Businesses are failing. This sucks. It's not fun. And it's not good. It hurts the economy. It hurts people's livelihoods. Yeah. This, is a, this is a disaster. And it's awful. But at the same time, it's like there's a hurricane happening. Stop complaining about hurricane shelters. And it's going to fade. I mean, if anything has shown us, the Delta variant, the Omicron variant, this disease is progressing like many viruses do, like good viruses do much like influenza did it's going to become more and more transmissible and less and less deadly and life will resume to normal but it's going to take a little bit more time and if we can be a little more hands-on about our restrictions and suffer through it we can save countless lives and to me and again this is an opinion yeah but to me nobody's business is worth my loved one's lives my partner is immunocompromised if i bring covid into this house there's some serious consequences and that's a problem. And I don't care about someone not being able to go to the hockey game. That, that just, those are not equivalent to me.
1: Yeah. I think that's, that's where you have to kind of look at this is like, where do you stand on human life? That that's really what, cause that's what this is about. I mean, you can try to politicize this all that you want, but the simple fact of the matter is, If we open up completely, we stop mandating people do this stuff, people aren't going to do it without the. We've proven that, we've shown that. Like, if this has shown us anything, it's that without government intervention, people will not do the bare minimum to keep others from dying, at least not enough people that it matters. And so, what I would argue with you. It, it sucks for Canada, but i would also say part of the reason you're still having to deal with this stuff is because America, your neighbor to the South, can't get its fucking shit together because we've got a problem here too. And that's just it. It's like we can't get the entire planet. We can't even get our own country to get behind this shit, let alone the entire planet. And as long as there are people that are out there that aren't gonna listen. As long as this keeps rampaging and raging, and as long as there's resistance to to, va- to vaccinating, this is gonna keep going. And I think, again, what Chris said is true. I think the reason you guys are doing so well, and you are, I, I actually, it, I'm not going to go into detail, but I work in healthcare. We do COVID huddles every week. Mm-hmm. Our comparative numbers are always the US versus Canada versus the UK. You guys are hands down doing better than I think almost any other Western nation out there. I think Chris said Israel is doing a little bit better. But again, as far mm-hmm. as large nations go, you guys are crushing it. Yeah. And it's because you have these things in place and I, I get being tired, but these truckers are coming to America where we don't have these things in place, but not only that, they have people that are on the side of not protecting them. They're going to expose themselves to that. And again, I'm not concerned about the truckers. You just said yourself, they're vaccinated. They're going to be fine. But as we know, it doesn't prevent you from spreading the disease. It no. just keeps you safe and out of the hospital and th- potentially lessens or eliminates the long-term effects. But those truckers come back and then start spreading it. What about all the people that can't get immunized because they're immunocompromised? What about the children that can't and then are going to spread it? You know, it's And vaccines aren't 100% effective. That's the thing. You can still be vaccinated and die from COVID because it's not going to work every time. This is our best defense. It's the best bet. It's not 100% effective. But you know what? Neither is po- the polio vaccine. Neither, neither is, um, the measles vaccine, but you know what? People still take them. You know why? Because it works. And if you get to a point where nobody, wherever you, where enough people are vaccinated, you kill the disease and stop it from spreading.
3: And you can't send your kid to school without giving them basic immunizations.
2: No, for sure. But I, what, what I'm trying to say here is that, so you guys have said all this, right? Mm -hmm. And I guess what we're, we're trying to say is we've done all this. We've have all this protection yet we're still locked down we're still feeling our business so we've done everything we've done everything it's it's not like we're, we're you know 10% of our population is missing is missing uh, vaccines we've done everything we needed to do but yet we're still here we're still stuck that's i i i i, I mean there's there's no I, I don't think there's any wrong or right here but i'm just trying to make you guys maybe try to understand how we as a country are feeling And that I guess these truckers took it upon themselves to pass this message that we've done everything. You've said it. We're one of the most highly vaccinated countries in the world, but yet we still can't literally do anything.
3: Yeah. And, Yeah. and uh, And that's frustrating. And it sucks. And it's not good. But it's like, again, if there's a fire rampaging through the neighborhood. Maybe you were smart, you turned the power off to your house, maybe it's electrical surge going through right so you've killed your power and you hose down your house and you have done everything and 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 again if we're going to compare this to houses, you know, the United States is spraying beer all over the place and lighting matches but Canada has done the smart thing they've turned off their power they've watered down the house and you're saying look I've done everything when do I get to go back inside, turn the power on and watch my hockey game? When does this get to happen for me? Because I've done everything right.
4: Mm. And again,
3: people in the United States are feeling that because this country's polarized. Half of this country has done everything right. And we are suffering the consequences. We are literally dying because these idiots won't go get vaccinated. They won't even do the bare minimum. So I understand that frustration. You know, what you're feeling towards us is what we feel towards the other half of us. But At the end of the day, the fire is still cruising through the neighborhood. You have to wait till the fire's out. And it's going to be another year or two till this is really at like an influenza level where we can actually. And again, this is what immunologists are saying. Who knows? COVID could change radically for the better or worse months from now. It could be done or it could be or we could have a zombie apocalypse. Who fucking knows? But the point (laughs) is the fire's not out yet. So no, because the neighborhood is still burning down because your neighbors are idiots. You have to keep the power off. We're not there yet. And there is a, even though you've done everything right. And that's the problem with doing everything right is when you're the one who's doing it right, which Canada has been, you tend to be the one who has to suffer the most, but you're suffering the most in frustration. Yeah. We're suffering the most in death and I think everyone's paying a price for this and it's not fair. Canada should not be paying the price for the misdeeds of the United States and other countries because in all, you guys have done it right and you shouldn't have to be. Um, but that's where we are. It doesn't Because something's not fair, doesn't change the reality of it. And the reality of it is the fire is still going so you can't turn your power back on yet.
1: Well, I got a hypothetical question for you. Sure. Let Let's say, okay, so let's say This big protest ekes out a result and there's a compromise. And the compromise is this. Okay, because Canada's done their due diligence, we're going to shut down our borders completely. So there's not going to be any international travel for anyone. It's all going to be in-house. But the plus side is there's no more mandates and you guys get to walk around and do whatever you want. All right. Do you think your economy is going to survive that?
2: No, we've already tried it.
1: Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So what we have here is a situation where even though you're doing it right, you are dependent on that international travel, but that international travel opens you back up. So let's say you get everything you want; everything opens up completely, and then your numbers spike, and all of a sudden, and again, I'm, 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 it's hypothetical. But what happens if you guys then all of a sudden have the highest death toll of any nation in the world? Is it then like, oh, I wish we had listened to them, or is it like that's acceptable for me to go out and have a good time? Because again, I'm taking this to the extreme, but that's where our thought process is. We're mm-hmm. For us, it's it's a judgment call on what is going to preserve the most life, the most quality of life as well. And again, for us, missing a few hockey games and having to manage being at home all the time is a small price to pay. Even if that, even if I found out that me staying at home saved the life of just one person, I, I wouldn't care. It, it's worth it to me. That, that's the thing. It don't. It doesn't matter to me. And I'm going to speak for Chris and Kay here, but I don't think it matters to them either. If our actions save the life of you one person, it then ends up being worth it because nobody should have to die needlessly. And that's the other thing too. It's part of the reason that informs our leftism is not just for COVID, but people all over the world are dying from starvation and there's no reason for it. We produce enough fruit in this country to feed every living being on it. And we don't. And that, and that's kind of the, like, that's where our, our, endgame comes from this is where this is what we're weighing it's like we want the most people to live possible that can possibly live it doesn't matter what relation they are to us If we don't know them it doesn't matter if we can prevent people from dying we want to do that how do we do that okay we're being told that the way to do that is to go on lockdown vaccinate and wear your mask so we're, we're all doing that but then as we're doing that we're watching all these other people that are like Nah, it doesn't matter to me if some other person that I don't know dies because I don't want to wear a mask. But it gets even worse than that because then they come up with all these other reasons that we all know aren't true to not wear the mask because they don't want to admit that they'd rather see people die. Like, oh, I can't breathe. And oh, I don't trust the science. You know, it's like you got people like Joe Rogan, you know, saying he doesn't know what's inside the vaccine. And then he goes, when he gets COVID, he goes and gets shot up with every fucking drug there is to fight the fucking COVID. I guarantee you, Rogan has no clue what they pumped into his system or what it is or how it's made to get over COVID. But he's should... had no
3: problem dumping well, DMT and steroids into himself. Yeah.
2: Well, the, yeah, not, not many of us do anyway, but he, here, here's the thing. Here's, uh, yeah, and hey, I'm going to try I'm going to try to look at this at the, the most simplistic way. <laughs> can't, can't we try to look this on, an individual's right or an individual's responsibility to make their own decision on what is right for them. So he, hear me out. Let's see if you are uh, uh, an immune compromised person. So, so like Chris's uh, girlfriend or wife, Chris. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my wife as well. Uh, she has asthma as well. Um, and she decides she's decided she, and she's a teacher on top of that. All right. So she takes all the the security measures and she decides to limit the people she sees. As I do, I'm careful. I don't go everywhere. I always have a mask on. I decide where I go. So my question is, why can't an individual have the right to basically risk whatever they want to do in their life? Going to a restaurant, being careful as much as they can, but if they feel that they're Healthy enough and that they could want to go on with their life. Why do we have to stop all of society and not give the individual the right to do this? That because they're not because hey, they're well, not just
4: risking sorry. their own mm-hmm. life. They're yeah. risking anyone else that they potentially come in contact with, mm-hmm. if in fact that they are infected with COVID, asymptomatic, and don't know it. Yeah, okay. That's well, the and problem. So that, if and then, I yeah. have COVID and I go over to your house and I say, no, 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 I'm good. I don't have COVID. And you're like, okay, that's cool. Come on in. And I get you sick and your wife sick. Is that my fault now? Or is it your fault?
1: And, and again, well, it's, we already... we've already accepted that there are limits on our personal freedom right so like freedom of speech for instance here in the united states there are limits on that you can't go into a crowded theater and yell fire because it could cause a stampede and someone could die so we already we already live in a world where we accept that there are limits on what we can and can't do this is nothing new the problem is is that this is going long term and people are getting annoyed and now Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's about freedom and again you're talking about it's this age old argument. Well, what about my personal freedom? You're right. You have personal freedom and you as an individual may be doing everything you right. But again, you can't trust that the person next to you is going to do it or the person next to them. And, but,
2: but here's the thing. Hold on, Matt. I made the decision to go out. If I, if I go out and I get someone sick, that person has made that decision to go out. What if, if that they- person's
3: working and they don't have a choice and this is the only way they can pay well, their rent and survive. And you're infecting a waiter. Or a grocery uh, store worker,
2: but that's that. I understand that, but isn't that come down to their decision that they need to work, and it's my decision that I want to work? No, go no, out?
4: no. I, I have to work. Yes. Otherwise, I don't get to eat.
3: Yes, I have to
4: work. I don't or I get will to die. pay my rent. Okay, I yeah, don't get is- to to do any of those other things. I can either go to work, be essential, do my job potentially get infected by some other person that doesn't care about anyone else other than themselves. Mm-hmm. And then I'm the one who has to pay that price.
3: Yeah. Now, if you're I'm talking paying about paying the price
4: of so my own here's health, the thing, because I just, I just, you didn't want to continue to keep me safe.
2: So here's the thing I want to, so if that person does get sick because they have to go to work, they can't work from uh, as a waiter at home. Like, like luckily I am able to work from home. Mm-hmm. So what's, he then he doesn't work. Then he still can't pay the rent.
4: Yeah, because there's not. Yeah. Inv- so, but, so, so but I so. could have paid the rent if you to wear if you to wear your mask and not infected me.
3: Yeah, okay, if you had so worn that's, your mask but, and, but and, and gone vaccinated saying. and done everything and not gone out as much. Again, if if we can restrict travel and going to nightclubs and going to sporting events, because I'm sorry, it's like yeah, I get it, dude. I'm a football fan. I mm-hmm. get it. But no, we shouldn't be going to crowded arenas. Okay, but that spreads we, disease.
2: Let's Regardless of to, freedoms,
3: it kills people.
2: I, I I agree with you on that point. But let's go back to the waiter here. If okay. I've if if I've I've made the decision, I go out. I'm careful. I wear my mask, like we've had to do when the restaurants were open here. And by the way, Monday they are opening mm-hmm. at fifty percent capacity with uh, face masks and everything, uh, all the mm-hmm. sanitary measures. Sure. So. I have to follow the rules I have to go to a restaurant and i'm I'm careful mm-hmm. but I know that waiter has to go to work so he's yeah. he's so he, here's my thing though if he can't work so if I can't go to a restaurant and he can't work and he can't pay the rent and the government certainly doesn't take care of you yeah what, 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 is it is is the cure any better than the disease in this case
3: no we should have the government. Paying people to stay home right now and let science figure out the goddamn cure. Like at the end of the day, we have the money for it. The US's military budget could, could fund the whole planet to sit home and jerk off on Xbox for a yeah. hundred fucking years. Um, so the money's there. The it's it's the will is not. And so if we're going, you know, you want to talk about personal freedoms, you don't need to go to a restaurant. You want to go to a restaurant and you mm-hmm. should have the freedom to go to a restaurant but if the restaurant's on fire you might want to change your plans. And that's kind of sure. where we are is the, the employee that you interact with what mm. if they can't get what, what if they're immunocompromised? What if their kids are immunocompromised, you know? That's the thing is, we have jobs that we don't have a choice. Some of us can work from home, some of us cannot. I can't do my job from home, neither can mm-hmm. I. Yeah. And I don't have a choice. Um and I, I got, you know, and there's no other, I have to pay, I have to pay my bills. I have to buy food. I, I, I need to pay car insurance. Like I have bills that now allow me to survive. This isn't about wants or needs. And so that's the problem is you, you making that personal decision. That's fine. And that is your personal freedom as long as it doesn't affect anyone else. And if you lived in a server private server world where it was just you, And it was only robots at the restaurant. I'd say, open up that restaurant, do it because you're not putting anyone else at risk and you're allowed to risk your own life as much as you want. I think seatbelt laws are stupid because you should have the right to not wear a seatbelt if you don't want to. You shouldn't have to wear a helmet, but you know, if you want to be drunk, go ahead. And if you're the only person on the entire farm, I don't have a problem with you drunk driving, but if you're driving through the city, you're not allowed to, of course, well, you have the, you have the right to travel, but you need a driver's license because you'll kill someone. And that's where we're at is this harms people.
2: Do, do you, do you see, do you guys see, uh, not an end, but, uh, this division, uh, whether it be in, in your country, in my country, um, this division getting back to normal. I mean, how, where do you guys see this going? And, and what I'm, do you I'm mean not,
3: by division? Do you mean uh, by COVID, um, or do you mean like the political division no, going ta- on the I'm world? Talking,
2: I'm talking in general. I'm talking in general, more on the political side here, uh, because yeah. it obviously it's it's streaming into into COVID because everything yeah. is politicized. Yeah. So, you know, I'm 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 really afraid. I'm really afraid for the future, guys. I'm I'm not going to lie. You know, there was rumblings. You know, uh, you know, the Americans look like they're uh, you know one step away from civil war. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You yeah,
1: know, we so, so yeah, how absurd curve. that sounds, right, but I, yeah, it's no, i just, just, no,
2: I know, but I'll be honest with you guys. I have a 12 and an eight year old soon to be nine. And and I'm afraid what world I mean, these kids are going to grow up in.
1: Yeah. I, look, I look, I have a four year old and I have another one that's due literally in three weeks. Um, I'm, I, Congratulations. I, feel, the ex- thank you. I feel the exact same, uh, terror that you do. Especially because my wife is Hispanic and my son is brown skinned. Like it's obvious that he is not a white male. And I don't know what kind of world we're living in. Now we live in Southern California. It's pretty blue here. He's generally probably going to be pretty safe. But still, there's all the, this division is not sustainable because what we've gotten to a point, and again, I'm not going to speak to Canada, but at least here in the US, we have, and I've spoken about this before, we have this never ending cycle of Republicans electing a fascist dictator to office that fascist dictator doing what fascist dictators do, and the left absolutely freaking out. And then four years pass, and the, the Democrats come in and campaign on this, this idea of we got to get rid of this guy. Just vote for us, and we'll fix everything. Just vote for us. And what did the Dems put up? They put up a center-right corporate chill that doesn't really have any interest in fixing everything. Hmm. He's a conservative just like any Republican is.
3: Who's done a worse job than Trump did.
1: Yes, yes, yes like much literally. Worse. Much, yeah. much worse. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, And, and he does nothing. And the Republicans latch onto that like it's the thing to do because it is, fire up their base, and they get another fascist dictator in. And it's just rinse and repeat. Meanwhile, you've got us on the left, and this is where I, I we say there's a difference between leftists and liberals, because liberals are the ones voting in Joe Biden. Leftists are the ones saying, no, this guy's not going to fix anything. Don't vote for him, vote for actual leftists. Uh, and and it's we've gotten to a point where it's basically. Fascism versus everyone else in this country, because ultimately the Dems, uh, whether they're fascist or not, doesn't matter because they support fascism. They, they do. They enable it. But, and I don't think that's sustainable. It's going to lead to one thing, either fascist, we have a fascist takeover of this country, which bleeds over into others or there's an actual revolution and we and we take the country back. But, but this is
3: global. This is absolutely yeah. global. This oh, is totally. you know again you know and, and we talked earlier well what's the difference between like a, a liberal and a leftist and a conservative? And you can break mm-hmm. it down really easily. You know, a conservative is someone who fears change and typically sits at the height of privilege or is someone who simply identifies with those who sit at the height of privilege and they don't want to lose said privilege. You have liberals who want typically systematic and toothless reform, but they want it moving in the right direction. And they will especially go out of their way to support causes that they personally identify with. Mm-hmm. And that is it's, it. Yeah, they will support ca- of
1: like a liberal wants a, well, hold on. Hold on. Uh, it, it's, sorry,
3: they, they will support a cause they believe in. So some liberals will say the homeless, they really care about homeless people, but they won't give a shit about racial violence or someone will say, I really care about the poor. But they won't care about a woman's right to choose or anything else. Or some liberal will say, "Well, I really care about gay rights," but they don't do shit about police violence. Since that, they will pick a pet cause or two. And like Matt was saying, there's that thing that you know, a a conservative wants a homeless gay person to die because they're gay, and a liberal wants them to die because they're homeless. <laughs> you know, and the, and in America, liberals pick up the causes of like LGBTQ rights to an extent because man, trans rights have really shown who the jackass liberals are. But That's the difference. Whereas an actual leftist, socialist, a communist, anarchist, people who are very far left will champion whoever is the oppressed. And that's the difference is it's not who is my favorite person at the table. It's who's getting their ass kicked and who is the who is the group that is being oppressed by a privileged majority.
2: So are, aren't we just going around in circles, guys? Because basically no no certain party or certain beliefs are going to believe in all those things in terms of rights for, for transgender, rights for... Communists uh, do.
3: You will not find a communist who thinks that gay people and transgender people and poor people and homeless... You will not find a communist or... A, and when I say a socialist, I mean like a Marxist socialist, not a mm-hmm. democratic socialist. You will not find one of those. You're not going to find a left-leaning anarchist who doesn't believe in all of those things. You'll find centrists. You'll find liberals. You'll find conservatives who, who go back and forth, but you will not find anyone who's far to the left, who does not agree in liberation down the line for all. So, which is why we're a minority.
2: Yeah, no, for sure. (laughs) For sure. Uh, For sure. I mean, but see, that's the thing. I mean, um, so, what is what is the, the the difference here in terms of like wh- what what are the chances of America moving into this you know away from this two party system right now and some other wh- why is it well, you are still stuck in this gutter guys that you oh only we have- will
3: we will get rid of this two party system and I think it'll happen unfortunately possibly in our lifetimes because we are going to move to a one party system. Um, That's I even really worse. hope, Jesus, Chris, yeah. you're a
2: really you're really a pessimist
3: uh, i this is this is how history works man um th- the writing is on the wall this is what we have become we've become a jingoist ultra nationalist nation and a culture okay. um Canada has luckily so far been able to not follow in these footsteps. And I hope they continue to change. Um, and I hope Canada stays. I again I'm actually a very big fan of Canada. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Canada. I think Canada is a good nation. I think it's a good culture. I think again, we talked about native rights. Like I don't think Canada's perfect, but um, nope. you know, as an American, I'm not allowed to bitch about anything Canada does. <laughs> um, you know, it, <laughs> we, we win the shithead Olympics by far. Yeah. Um I, I like Canada, especially as an alternative to the United States. It's like Canada is kind of like what the United States should be doing, and it's not. Um, so, Canada is a place where democracy is still alive. Uh, the United States has lost it by far. You know, again, we are a country who literally almost lost our democracy on the 6th because a thousand people were pissed their dictator didn't win. Like, I mean, and the police didn't give a shit. Everyone stood down. I mean, can, can you imagine? can you imagine if a thousand people stormed the canadian capital
2: well uh, you think
3: think they would have gotten in and gotten to steal everything and and the and the the police would have just backed down and cried
2: and it's even no or taking
3: selfies with them you think canadian capital police would have taken selfies with domestic terrorists who are storming the capital no that wouldn't 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 happen
2: that wouldn't happen but you know what i'm I'm really anxious i'm really anxious to see what's going to happen saturday but that's Um, that remains to be seen yeah it's going to be you guys should be watching that because I don't know what's going to come of this
3: but anyway like the writing is on the wall and this is who America is becoming and we've talked about this before and the United States was not ready to become a civilized nation yet we just weren't The, the United States is a backwater right wing crazy religious theocratic redneck nation of idiots that's who we always were and then we happened to get in at World War II and be separated by oceans and were safe, and we became this economic and war powerhouse out of nowhere. And I have I've said it before. I equate it to a kid who found his dad's gun. That was us. All of a sudden, we ramped up our steel production and invented nukes, and America just claimed dibs on the ocean, and mm-hmm. we took over the world. And it's not going to last, and that's because we have not become a culture that can. You know, Canada has evolved into a culture that can handle civilized democracy. The United States never had to learn those hard lessons yet. We were too, you know, again, we were young, but so is Canada. But it's a different culture. Canada wasn't founded on a theological, uh, you know, a theological fascist dictatorship where the United States was, hmm. and. Again, it's just we're not there, and we never had that, and so the United States will collapse, and we're we're seeing the beginning of it now. The United States will absolutely collapse under its own weight, and we're probably going to look a lot more like Russia um, when the Soviet Union collapsed. We're the rich and powerful, and the mobsters will take and- over. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Well, you mentioned it before, right, Chris? King I mean- Bezos—that's what will happen. Yeah, what well, you said it before, right? History always tends to repeat itself and every great empire came to an end. Uh-huh. I don't I don't wish it for you guys, but
3: um I do. I mean, it needs to. It's good for the world. We we're destroying the planet.
2: Yeah, we are. Well, I mean th- I think we we just collectively are. I yeah, think but- we collectively are I mean, insatiable needs for I think we're too many. Uh, mm-hmm. I think we're too many on the planet number 1. Uh, the way we treat this planet is 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 deplorable, beyond deplorable. Um, yeah. And I think you do need some sort of, I don't know. I don't know change in mindset, but I don't see that happening. I don't see yeah. that happening at all.
3: I agree with you.
1: And even on the cultural note, something I want to point out is that you've mm-hmm. got this big protest happening. Right. And, and, and again, the mentality is similar to what we have here in the States. It's this idea of like, we've done everything that we, we, we need to do. We're tired of, of these mandates and everything. Right. So that, that's the main thing. You're going to find similar sentiments here on the left but you know what you're not going to find in the population here that, that voices those sentiments, you're not going to find 90% vaccination rates. Yeah. And, and that's the cultural difference there. It's like where, where they'll share similar ideas and arguments. You guys are at least putting your money where your mouth is. These truckers, if they're 90% vaccinated, them them as a group alone is outpacing the U.S. as a whole. Yeah. You know, and, and and that's, that's, I think, a, a very minor thing, but it speaks to the cultural differences Chris was talking about. It's like, I think I almost, again, I, I don't agree with them doing it, but I can almost understand why they're, they're finding it because you guys have been doing the work, you know, and, and, I... and, and it is, it is unfair to ask for you guys to keep doing the work when everybody else isn't. But you know what, if you don't, then everybody else is just going to swallow you guys up along with us. Like the, the problem is, is our country is going to take you out with us. If you let it, well, it you, really will.
3: But, yeah, and you don't want to be us. You're better yeah, than us. Stay better yeah, than us. No,
2: but you know what guys, even, even on uh, on a provincial level in Quebec, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, our, our premier in, in our province, cause each is sort of like equivalent to your governor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Our premier Basically, doesn't want to know anything. Doesn't want to. He, complete lockdown, despite Quebec as a whole having a f- super, super high vaccination rate. And he kept on making his promises: "You're going to get your freedom back once we reach to eighty percent vax." Then he moves it to eighty-five, to ninety, then nine, uh, nine, uh, what ninety-five? Hey, man, come on! Are you fucking serious? Well, let me like, let me
3: ask you a question.
2: So, okay, you see, start good. No, I just one last thing is because it's funny what what Matt said because. I, so now 90% of us can't fucking do anything because 10% of you don't want to go get vaccinated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't yes, know guys.
3: But I, you need to not be mad at Trudeau. You need to be mad at those 10% of the idiots who are acting like
2: Americans. Oh, I'm mad at Trudeau for a lot of other reasons <laughs> as me, you, should. Fair and, and him, moron, yes. you should. And you're allowed to be mad at him.
4: You should also and be mad at that 10%. Trudeau deserves criticism. to big get time. vaccinated.
3: <laughs> but, but let me well, ask you a quick question here. Um you know again flat earth conspiracy right my biggest problem with the flat earth conspirators why the earth is is not flat (laughs) 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 um but the biggest problem with the flat earth conspiracy is like if you have that like you can have a conspiracy theory about anything but there needs to be someone who profits and that's the part that always bothers me well the earth is flat the government nasa and the whole world is lying to you and it's like okay why for what reason, like Rand McNally is paying off the world, like Glo- the globe manufacturing industry is doing this, like, give me a fucking break, right? You know, and that's the problem that's where it really falls apart. And it's the same thing with like this, like these mass mandates, it's like if we only look at it as a how does this affect my personal liberties as a citizen? it's a valid argument because these are major draconian um uh, restrictions on your liberty, and I'm not gonna deny that they're not. However, if we widen the picture, but why? And it's literally just trying to stop innocent people from dying, and it's temporary. And if we can temporarily, and again, I agree with you, and this this is where the government has screwed up is there needs to be, you know you keep saying they keep moving the goalposts, yeah. but they're moving the goalposts with science and statistics. Now, the second that changes, I will pick up a torch and join you. you know, But as long as that's going with the world immunization of science, on what these goalposts need to be to save the most amount of lives in a temporary global plague eh, i'm I'm okay i'm okay with sacrificing my liberties if it saves innocent lives and it's only a short-term thing so if this has to go on for another year or two and thousands live again i'm I'm okay with
2: that i'm at peace with that Mm -hmm. um we we you know what I you know what I love about having these discussions is that we could always agree to disagree in a few Absolutely. things, and that's the name of the show, of course. But um, but
3: you're arguing in I, good faith. That's the thing is, even though you disagree with us, you are not making a bad faith argument. You have a difference of opinion and it's founded in an informed way and it's are, never meant as a personal attack. It's like, hey, I disagree and here's why. And I'm interested in why you disagree with me. And that's yes. a good faith argument. We right. can have this all day long. 100%. I can talk. I have no problem with happily disagreeing with me what I have a problem with is when someone is basically disagreeing for the purpose of disagreeing disagreeing. or they're making a bad faith argument about something else. They're straw manning, but you're not your side, people who believe like you do. And I disagree and everyone is coming from a place of legitimacy and that's fine. That's okay. That's great. We should have more conversations like that.
2: Yeah. I, 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 I truly believe that because if, if I've always said the reason why I started this podcast is to speak to people that think differently from me. I only stand to learn, you know. Uh, here, a big thing in Quebec is is language issues, right? So, I want to talk. I want to talk to separatists. I want to understand why they're they're separatists and why they believe Quebec should be their own country. If I don't, I'm never going to understand them. And so, who the fuck am I to tell them how they should think or what they should do? Same yeah. thing. Like, why do you guys think the way you do? And this is the whole purpose of podcasting and have these long conversations. I mean, because it's so easy to point the finger and say, "Fuck you! You're an anti-vaxxer. You're an idiot. You don't know nothing. You're this. You're that." whatever. Um, I think it's, it's very important. I think it's very important. I think there's not enough of it. And and that's what I find the saddest to be, because I see the state of the world that not friends can't even have civil conversations. Family members can't even have civil conversations. It's, it's, it's something else. It's, I don't know if you guys see the same thing. I oh, yeah. find it, I find Absolutely it really, same, really sad. Same, same I, exact thing I, I
3: personally know people who are alienated from their families because of I, this. Yeah. yeah.
2: It makes no sense, guys. It really yeah. it,
3: think uh, about it. But that's the difference in the argument. So you're coming with this and, and we we all agree on what reality is, right? Yes. Yes. The thing is, we agree that science exists and it's real. We agree yes. that medicine exists and it's real. And we agree that protecting fellow humans is real and a good thing. Mm-hmm. These are things we disagree, we agree on. And so what we are disagreeing on is the nuance of where do we find that balance of, 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 me- of, you know, freedom infringing and public safety. And that's a conversation worth having. That's a good one. But the thing is, if we're not agreeing that science is real, we can't have any other conversation. I think that's the difference is you come on here, you're an intelligent, informed person who wants to discuss nuance and you have the same goal. You want to increase the public good. We may have different ways of going about that, but at the end of the day, both of us want a happy, healthy society. And when one person doesn't want that, when one person wants a terrible right-wing white supremacist fascist dictatorship you have to start a podcast called the alt-left because you live in a hellhole yeah. but sometimes we get yeah. to talk to people like you who actually give a shit about making a better society and that nuance that's a good conversation
2: absolutely i gotta find someone i gotta do you guys know if there's an alt-right podcast i gotta find them oh, there is- oh <laughs> yeah
3: oh yeah throw a stone uh, bro uh, yeah. you're not gonna find an intelligent conversation out of them though okay well <laughs>
2: like we- we okay. might have the conversation off air, but sorry, go ahead, Kay. <laughs> no, no, I
3: was just saying, uh, go ahead and throw a
4: stone because you'll hit five or six of them, I'm sure.
3: I yeah. yeah. so you, things- like you're getting a Canadian's view of American politics. As someone who lives here, even in the most liberal areas, like I got to tell you, it is terrifying. This oh, nation gosh. is devolving quickly, and we are looking at the same. Th- we are we are looking at history from hundred years ago, and it's really scary.
2: It is, I just find that, yes, we are a a young country here in Canada. The thing is, is that what I'm scared is that there's sentiments coming out. And, you know, you had this prime minister has had three mandates in a row that he's won, but yet everybody hates him. So which means doesn't make sense to me. It's it's actually pretty, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm scared. The guy's won three mandates in a row. How has he managed to win that number one? three in a row where literally everybody cannot s- literally stand the sight of him. And, and I've, I've never been so embarrassed to be in a, a Canadian on the world forum, the way this moron represents us. Um,
1: hey man, we got Trump. So it's like, at the end of the day, I'm like, <laughs> you know like i, I feel you but like look who we just got rid of and then let's look who we got in yeah, his place all right, all right. Yeah. it's just so, like
3: biden's got a 30 percent approval rating and he won the election and guess what if trump came back he would win the next one the the fear of the other is a powerful tool
2: guys can i i, I just i want to end it on this guys and and honestly this comes from a a a, a good place within my heart mm-hmm. is biden okay Like I'm no, uh, no, not even. I'm, 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 and I'm not even. I don't care if I'm genuinely. How was this man still? I mean, he didn't
3: want to be
1: president. Like
2: I I know, but
1: he he has no interest in being.
2: compromised. It's horrible to watch. Oh
1: yeah, it's 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 awful. So like Chris actually had a good analogy. I think it was like a couple weeks ago. Biden is to Dems, what Boost Jr. was to Republicans. He's kind of an incompetent dolt that's got a lot of good handlers that are running things behind the scenes. And... Does he have good handlers, though? Well, good in good in good in that <laughs> they're, they're keeping him upright. No, not that they're I... good at managing running the country, but at keeping him upright. Um, <laughs> it's uh,
4: not hard. It's like, I mean, we can yeah. yeah. have yeah. Bernie's.
1: We can have Bernie's, we can... exactly. Yeah, exactly. But like, but again, but we also have a problem too. It's because for all the raging that liberals did against Trump and the Trumpers, they're just as dogmatic about supporting Biden. They refuse to see any like we argue more with liberals liberal democrats than we do with right-wingers because they refused it like we had chris you saw it the, the thing i got into last night like i posted a, a thing on our twitter that was just basically just kind of a bullet points of things that have like we still have kids in cages like we're 100 seconds to midnight on the nuclear clock uh you know we still haven't gotten uh it's um, the vote blue no matter who yeah. crowd
3: If you're not with us, you're against us. Yeah, that's
1: just it. So I posted that really quickly and some guy started just like, you're just a GOP shill. And this is a guy that in his bio has, I'm neither a Democrat nor a Republican. I'm just this, this, and this. And it's just like, even the people that want to present themselves as, either in the middle or outside of this two-party bullcrap will rush to defend Biden because even the left buys into the right-wing rhetoric that he's some leftist extremist or that he's some socialist, but he's not. Well, and something I would... Sorry, go Sorry, go. No, no, you're good. to, To answer that
3: question of is Biden okay... What I really think has gone on here is you had, you know, again, the right wing has lost its mind because it has in most of the world. The U.S. has led the charge. But let's face it, this is happening all over Europe. This is happening everywhere. You have crazy neo-Nazi fascist right wingers. I mean, look what's happening with Russia and the Ukraine. Everyone's like, oh, Russia's going to invade the Ukraine. It's like, okay, but the reason why they are is because the United States is still a fascist dictatorship in 2014, and they're really tired of Nazi terrorists on their border. And it's like, well, I don't like Russia but I get it. And that's the thing is so, we have a right wing that's completely gone off the rails, right? Nero is playing the fiddle or Rome burns. Yeah. And you have the democratic party who doesn't like that, but they have corporate donors. They need to appease. And you have people like Bernie Sanders saying, Hey, maybe we should be a little bit more like Canada. And that cannot be allowed to stand. Not, in, not, in, not in freedom, Eagle, big dick America. And so what did they do? They go, well, who, who could possibly win this? Um, uh Joe Biden. Joe Biden, people, people remember him. It's nostalgic. Uncle Joe, remember that guy who was funny and, and he was Obama's wingman. And we'll just break we'll wheel him out. And poor, poor, you know, poor Joe Biden was sitting at home going, ah, remember when I used to be able to be racist? And no one cared. And <laughs> <laughs> and they went in and they went, no, and they smacked him over the head and they dragged him out and they said, you will be fucking president because we can't let that goddamn moderate Bernie Sanders win. And no, they dragged him not. out and forced him and he was like, fine. And so he did it for the good of the party because he's old school and he believes in all these old things that are outdated and no longer function. Remember, this is the same guy who didn't want school integration because he didn't want it to be a racial jungle. That's Joe fucking Biden. Okay. And, Quotes, yeah, yeah and they no, dragged and they dragged him out and forced him into it so what you have is an old man whose brain isn't working so hot anymore who's literally got a gun in his back and they're saying you will be president for four years and if you die at least you put a woman of color below you it's- and that's what you got and 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 it you know what we got what we got
2: and she and she went to school in Montreal but uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but, you see here's you want an, a Canadian perspective, okay, on looking at this man standing up there, literally suffering through dementia or God knows whatever the fuck else is going through in that brain. And you have the rest of the world. And, you know, I, I know you guys are going to laugh at this, but obviously the rest of the world looking at here is the most powerful nation in the world, the beacon of 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 democracy and, and freedom. and And this is the best they could do.
3: Oh, yeah. I <laughs> imagine to the rest of the world, it's like watching a monkey look down the barrel of a shotgun. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it is. It really is. I, I, yeah, man. I, every time I see it, I can't believe it, Chris. I, I really can't.
3: Yeah, you do, Trust. I'm in the middle of it. And it's hard. I
2: know you guys are. and You, you have to look at it this, I, just the same way I wake up every morning. And I'm like, how is Justin Trudeau, my prime minister? But, you know, it it's but this is just I mean, I never thought I'd see the day. It's fucking We live in some interesting times. Jesus Christ.
3: I got one question before you go. As a Canadian, I have a question for you. Go ahead. What is the per person ratio? How much maple syrup do I have to put into a truck to get over the border? (laughs) Like, If I want to come and live in Canada and actually get socialized medicine and a country that doesn't want to nuke our enemies... If it's two of us and a couple of cats, like like one U-Haul full of maple, would that cover it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you,
2: <laughs> I you just know need what? north man, <laughs> Chris. You know what, man? If you could fill up a truck, a tanker truck, with maple syrup. By the way, Quebec makes the best maple syrup. I've actually heard um, that. Yep. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's literally liquid gold. I mean, there was one of the one of the. Uh, I think they hit a few years back. They hit. A a warehouse. I heard about
4: this. Oh, yes, Yes. I heard about that too. Yeah, I remember that. I couldn't believe it.
2: They disappeared. It was worth millions, guys. And they said that it was overseas. It was gone. Like not even in the states, it was gone overseas. And I think they hit on the same night three um oh my god, what's the Irabilis? And I say it in French, but uh basically three um uh producers Mm -hmm, in the country. mm The warehouses, three of them, the same night, gone, emptied, not even a fucking drop of maple syrup. It's liquid gold outside of Canada.
3: Yeah. Wow. So yeah, that's that, that's, that's what. I'm, so like like a U-Haul, like like a little one, or an I get one of the big ones?
2: No, <laughs> I, know with a,
3: I know with a with a small you know barrel i could get over the border but i need citizens i need papers
2: depends you're gonna need your vaccine passport right. too i'll hit you up <laughs> off the air because you know we've got
3: those oh well i got i got i got vaccines i just need to go get some maple syrup i can do this yeah like i, I got my
2: vaccine passport too don't worry about it guys <laughs> uh guys i wanted to say uh, thank you so much for being on the show i enjoyed the the chat and um you know, like I said, I wish that there was more of these conversations and, um, that's it. Just, you know, be open-minded guys. If anybody watching this or listening to this, just be open-minded. Don't, don't call anybody names because they think differently from you. They don't listen guys. I didn't, I didn't agree with some of the stuff that guys had to say, but I I'm listening and I might even think twice about something else. And I have, maybe I'll look at it a different way. That's all I'm saying, guys. I'm not saying you're not on the left, you're not on the right, you're not right or you're not wrong. You just have to listen and just be kind to each other. That's all. Guys, where can, um, it's going to be in the show notes anyway, but where can they find you guys on social media and what's coming up with you guys?
1: So you can find us. So email is the Alt-Left podcast at uh, gmail.com. We're on Twitter at the OutLeftPod. Uh, we're on Facebook at the Alt-Left pod. Uh, we're even on Reddit under the alt left three. Uh, we do episodes every single Monday. We're on pretty much any platform you can find us. All you have to do is mm-hmm. search for the alt left podcast and we'll come up. Like we'll be the like an entire Google page of searches. If you look for cool. us.
3: And if you go um, to our Instagram or our Twitter, we have a link tree and you can find yeah. it everywhere on our link tree. Thanks so for having guys, us.
2: thank yeah. you guys so much. Thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. I know it's not easy with the three hour difference there. That's ah, you, fine. You probably skipped dinner because of me. But no, nah, uh, I worked
1: I worked down my food right before this. We're I, saw,
2: I saw the McDonald's there, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam told you we're
0: Americans.
3: Yeah. Um, yeah. And anytime you ever want uh crazy, gnarly left-wing opinions on stuff, uh, we would any of us would love to come back and uh sit down because this is a this is a great place to sit and have a conversation about things you disagree with.
2: I appreciate that. We definitely will. Guys, you guys so I want to thank thank everybody for watching tonight and listening, take care of yourselves and remember to be good to each other. Please people. Thank you. Good night, everybody.
0: All right. Well, I hope everyone liked that. I sure did. I had a good time. Kay, You had a good time, Dr. K. Yeah, it was a, it was
4: a good time talking to Luigi. Um, we don't agree on a lot, uh, but y- you know, at least it was a good, honest, uh, conversation.
0: Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I disagree with Luigi big time, uh, wear a fucking mask and, uh, get a, do what's right and be an adult. But you know, he wasn't an asshole and he disagrees, but he disagrees for valid reasons that are valid to him. And, um, again, we talked about in the podcast is I'll have a disagreement, and a conversation with anybody when they're coming from, uh, you know, like, oh, sorry, I can have to edit this. What's the word I'm looking for when you come earnest? No. Um, like a valid Good argument. Good faith. Yes. Thank you. Um, so let me just say that kind of part I read. Um, uh-huh. But when you're coming into it, uh, I'll argue with anybody if they're having a good faith argument. And that absolutely was. Luigi wasn't here to push an agenda. He was expressing himself in a good faith manner. We did the same. And uh, man, that was rare. And uh, and I liked it. It felt good. Uh, I'm not going to get used to it because the world is terrible. and That's not how conversations usually go. But uh, Luigi hats off. That was a lot of fun. We really liked it. Um, that was it was nice to talk to someone who disagreed with us and we could agree to disagree.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's it's refreshing to have somebody that actually knows what they're talking about and can argue in good faith. And it's like they're not just a a big string of like, you stupid shit, blah, 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 blah. You know, I really appreciate that.
0: It's because he's Canadian. See how he was polite and he made sense and he was cogent? That's the Canadian version of frothing at the mouth.
4: Yeah, yeah. but yeah. he's also Italian, so his hands are flying everywhere. Fair enough. I, I'm just joking, Luigi. That That didn't actually
0: happen. Luigi's Italian? no no i don't believe
1: it you gotta how did he get that one by us
0: right but anyway so thanks for being here with us guys we really appreciate it next week there's gonna be a special treat we did do that listener giveaway not uh, actually only a few of you popped into it so the 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 hat picking was real easy to do uh we are gonna have Staffy on and he's gonna be joining us for a conversation about switching sides from left to right and altering your political views from right to Um, left from right to left. Yeah, Matt, you got info. What was it? It's Stoffy... So it's our, it's our
1: boy, Stoffy. He's written in, into the he podcast it all the time. time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He writes it all the time. He's really great. Um, his big topic was he actually used to be a hardcore right winger and he's now super leftist. So I think he's probably close to, to me and Kay. I don't think he's quite the communist Chris is, but. <laughs> Who is? Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, Communists. But yeah, and he's got an interesting story about how he went on that journey. would like to tell. And I think it, it, like not just the story in itself, but I think it's a story that's happening a lot more. I mean, However extreme you want to take it, like you've literally got things like the Lincoln Project, where former Republicans are now coming out for Democrats. And again, I don't think that's a huge shift, but we are seeing uh, people that are disillusioned with right wing extremism going center or going left. And I think it's a common story to be told.
0: Absolutely. I think it'll be a good topic. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, And if you wish that was you, well, start paying attention to the Twitter feed and uh, respond for the next one, because we love having guests on talking to people. So until then, uh, join us next week for that one. It's going to be a ton of fun. uh, And hang in there. I know the world is still on fire, and we're probably going to go to war with Russia, but who cares? Stick around for the alt-left. We'll keep you up to date on it. Until then, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. And remember, kids, the revolution is you.